Travels with Charlie is paid for by Jolly Convenience Stores, Mill Travel American Express, and Casella Waste. The views and opinions expressed in Travels with Charlie do not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of the Radio Vermont Group. We welcome listener feedback. Email your comments to wdev at radiovermont.com. Well, it's all about all the folks you meet. Sitting in a diner or out in the street. Catch up with the news. Get your point of view. I want to hear what unravels. I'll see you in my travels. And good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of Travels with Charlie. Your host, Charlie Papillo. Happy to be here with you today. Uh, now, before today's show, before I introduce my guest on today's show, I want to tell you about what's happening. And usually I save this until the end of the program, but I want to let you know because, as you know, just uh, in a couple of weeks, it's going to be Election Day. We haven't been talking much politics, really. Haven't had any guests on that are running for office. There's a lot of them out there. Get on out and vote on November 8th. But on Monday, November 7th, a full hour open phone lines on Travels with Charlie. Unprecedented. We haven't done that. You know, it was one of my favorite uh, segments, always doing an open phone line segment. And uh, we'll be doing that on Monday, November 7th, as uh, we take the pulse of Vermont uh, the day before Election Day. And I'm going to be calling that uh, show uh, The Doctors Are In as we take the pulse and want to find out what's on your mind. Uh, my executive producer, Brad Furlan, will be joining me in studio. If you have any ideas or any uh, questions or any topics uh, that you'd like us to discuss here on Travels with Charlie, you can email me, cpapilloradio at gmail.com. Special thanks to the sponsors of Travels with Charlie. This program would not happen without those sponsors, Casella Waste Systems, Casella.com, Jolly Convenience Stores, and Milne Travel American Express. Now, coming up on today's program, Jeff Weld will be with me on the Casella Waste Sustainability Spotlight. We're going to have the latest on Casella's purchase of the College of St. Joseph and how they're going to be using it. But first... Uh, a little traveling music, as Jackie Gleason used to say. Stephen, uh, if you could hit, uh, uh, let, let's hear Hideaway, if you would, please. Let's uh, kick things off here the right way. Hideaway, my heart's a hideaway for your love. Don't walk away, don't walk away from my love. That's Randy. Smith that you're hearing right there. The band is 8084. Randy's in the house with Travels with Charlie, along with Andre McCara on guitar, Frank Barnes on bass. Uh, not in this studio, to say the least. <laughs> Somebody would get their eye poked out. <laughs> Good afternoon, gentlemen. Great to see you. Hey, Charles. This is so much fun. Uh, and, you know, first off, I just want to thank uh, you guys because, man, it's been a long time that we've all been friends. And it goes way back when I was doing the other program, my, the other morning show, and I get a phone call from Randy Smith. And I didn't, you know, know Randy or anything. And Randy calls up and says, hey, we'd love to come on your program and, and talk about 8084. And I'm going, this is a news talk show. And Randy says, yeah, well, why, why can't we talk a little music? And, you know, that sort of started things off, uh, my, uh, you know, getting together with you guys from time to time, and Andre would come in. We we created a segment called Name, Name that, that Riff. Riff. 
Andre would come in with four other guitarists. The studio was maybe twice the size of this studio. We'd have amplifiers in there, and you guys would crank it up, and callers would have to guess the song that you were playing. Yeah, that was... If it wasn't in the morning, I would have really enjoyed it. <laughs> oh, man. I used to, that's one of those things. I love coming on the show, but I would dread getting up at 6 o'clock in the morning. You were just going to bed at 6 yeah, in the morning, those right? Rock and roll hours just don't go don't And you're still, with, you're still doing that. Yeah, I, I got about five hours, so yeah. I could get here at once. So. I mean, I can attest uh, to that as i you know talking with, uh, with Andre about coming on the program. I get a text at 2.44 in the morning, <laughs> and I'm going, yeah, he's, you know, he's, he's still up. Or as I call it, lunchtime. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, celebrating your 40th year together. Now, that is a milestone. I mean, there's not many bands that can say that, that have been around for 40 years and are still playing together. No one else would have we're, us. We're sorry, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. So, it's a dirty job, but somebody had to do it. They'd wait for apology tour. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you know, 40 years and rock and roll years, that's more like about 120 years, yeah, is it not? It, it feels it, too, you know. I mean, it's 40 years is a long time. I mean, just think about it. Uh, who was president back when we... Eisenhower was yeah, president when we started, so... They had wood-burning amplifiers. <laughs> and we switched over to coal. I remember those days. <laughs> Now, I, and I think I've asked you this question before. I, I, I don't remember if I got an answer or not. Probably didn't. The name. It ain't going to happen. You probably got an answer. <laughs> okay. 8084, and why not 8084, 8084, 8084. Where did that come from? You tell us. It was on the logo. So it was written that way. 99 designs. We were yeah. around there, you know, just said, hey, for five bucks, we can have a logo that says 8084, and that was it. Somebody else had ordered it, then they decided they didn't want it, so we, we got a discount. So that's how we got the name. And, and what's interesting is uh, I know people will, every once in a while, they'll, they'll post something, like their car just hit 8084. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's one of those numbers that, you know, uh, you know, you look at your... You know, you watch and or you look at your phone and it's 808 and you go, no matter who's around you, you go, yeah. at least I do. I yeah. Go. And then everybody around me goes, yeah. Yeah. So who cares? <laughs> like, like so. twice a day. <laughs> you're not, you're not going to give me any hint where 8084 came from. Ain't going to happen. No. Uh, no, no. We could make stuff up. For, yeah. You know, that's what we do. Is there really no story behind it? No, you just said there is? Sorry. Yeah, does each number mean something? But if we gave it away, go ahead, Frank. You're the keeper of the secret. No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not giving anything away. Oh, what? Well, I, I, yeah, sorry. Not uh, from that distance, you're not. <laughs> Definitely not. I'm not giving anything away. No, it's, uh, you, you, this makes you pay attention to what's going on in our lives in the future because maybe someday we will let out the news maybe not all right <laughs> we'll, we'll all be looking forward to the the 50th anniversary tour of 8084 where they reveal secrets revealed let's go back to the beginnings of 8084 so back in 1982 and i know randy you posted a story recently about how things kind of uh, you know who knows what would have happened if didn't get that phone call or yeah, well, you know, I, it's funny. I, I posted that story, kind of tell the story, but I realized I, at the same time, I alienated the, the band that you were in. I was, the guys I were playing with, they got, I heard about it. So, uh -oh. so, but, you know, 
that's just the superpower I have, Charlie. I put my foot in my mouth. Well, wow. um, no, I, it, it was really funny. I had had I not uh, the people, uh, the production crew that day uh, at the Ritz in White River Junction, um, had they not heard me talking to the doorman, one minute either way, and I would never have met Chuck probably, and we never would have been together. So. Now, is Chuck? Would you say Chuck is the real founder of eight oh eight four? I think. Well. Well, that's, he, a, that's a real weird question because I think he, you I, think so, Frank. I, well, I think he was. I do, but I, but I came in a few months late, so Randy would really be the expert on that. It was, it, you know, when I was doing, starting it, um, it, there was a whole different band of guys. When I met Chuck, he just had so much more experience than I had, and he had the connections, and he had that personality and the charisma that I realized that my job is done here. You know, he's going to be the guy. So. He took it from there, and then he really coordinated um, years later, uh, not years later, months later, he really coordinated bringing Andre and Frank into the picture at the same time. And that's, you know, no, nothing to the guys that played before yeah. in the first six months of You sure you don't want to insult them now? No. we got time. Don't worry, Andre. He'll, he'll do it. we still got about 45 minutes left here. <laughs> Just real quick, uh, Andy Latris, who was playing bass with us, he's gone on to be a, an amazing musician. He has a deal with Sony right now, and he does a lot of instrumental things. Um, really great, talented player chemistry you know yeah. and things like that come down and then you just you know you just i was young i just wanted to be in a rock band because you know hey that was cool a lot of things uh to talk about here this afternoon my guest on travels with charlie 8084 you've got a big concert coming up i know you've been practicing getting ready for it november 12th higher ground in south burlington that's uh, that's coming up uh, and and still got tickets left, and we're going to give away a pair this afternoon. But we're going to hang on. We're going to do that a little bit later on. But phone lines are open here at Travels with Charlie. If you want to talk with the band, a two four four seventeen seventy seven. Maybe you have a memory. You went to to one of their shows. Uh, Lee Cattell was saying something about <laughs> open you know. Pandora's box. <laughs> so you have a kid, a good looking kid. <laughs> one my eight... nose. You don't want a kid with my nose. One eight seven seven two nine one eight two five five. That's toll free here on Travels with. Charlie. So 1987, we move forward a little bit here now. 1987 with the band, the winner of Rock Search Canada. This is at the Olympic Stadium. About 10,000 people are there. And is that a turning point for you guys, Andre? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, whenever you're playing for 10,000 people, as one does, <laughs> it's, 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 it's a life changing experience, you know, just seeing that many people and just hearing, I mean, a crowd that size is just. There's 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 this uh, visceral thing that happens yeah. when they're cheering or stomping, and we were in a competition, and it came down to the finals. There were three bands in Montreal. There were two of them were Canadian, and we were the sole American band left in the competition. So you were the underdogs, probably. Yeah, right? well, we, yeah. we 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 didn't have home field advantage that they did, and they got booed. Really? Tough yeah. crowd. What, mean, did, what didn't they like about them, do you know? I, because they weren't us. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> they, they were musical. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, was it all the same type of music uh, at the time? Were you guys all doing the, kind of the same thing, the Not bands? really. Was, was, they were kind of a fusion band, the one right before us, right? Guess. Yeah, we don't really remember because they're kind of forgettable. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't that good. <laughs> well, no, they, yeah, well, they were good, but I mean, yeah, one of them seemed kind of, uh, I don't know if they REM-ish, but one... You know, a little more alty kind of a band, but uh, yeah, for some reason the the crowd we we seemed to resonate with the crowd, and we, they were just up and bouncing and jumping and cheering, and it was like 
You know, they love us. Yeah. Now, were you doing original stuff at the oh, time? Oh, yeah, it, it was all original. All stuff. original stuff. Yeah. So then you met up with Aldo Nova. Uh, was that a turning point, Rand- Randy? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Follow the notes here now. Oh, no, Come that, on. That, that was, what do we need to have a rehearsal no, for? Oh, man, I'll tell you. You're asking the wrong guy. Oh. Your question. No, Aldo was uh, an amazing talent. Um, that was actually because um, after we won Rock Search, we were courted by all these different record labels, and we decided on uh, CBS label, uh, whatever they were called in Canada. And, um, of course, we just wanted a deal, so we didn't know any better. But yeah. they found Aldo to produce the album. And they, you know, Aldo's friends with John Bon Jovi, who sent us a song and all this kind of stuff. Where it gets a little weird is Aldo's really talented as a musician, um, but he's... he's Mercurial. He, he's Mercurial is the word. as a That's human. There. Yeah, I, he I was. Think, he was. Frank had another word, but uh, we don't have a delay here, Frank. So no, no, he was. He was. Ama- he was just an amazing talent. To just to be in the room with the guy, he, you could see he felt the music. He'd be doing things like he'd be playing the keyboards. He'd be like moving his fingers, like he's doing vibrato on the keyboard. I'm thinking to myself, well, that's kind of cool, but it's not doing anything. <laughs> but he hears it. No, he was just. Yeah, yeah, he was a musical force of nature. But he wasn't maybe the best producer because yeah. he could do everything himself. And so he want everything wanted to go through the filter of the way he would do things. Yeah. So he wasn't necessarily bringing the best of what we did out. He was just sort of producing himself, viscer- you know, sort of vicariously through us. Yeah. So I mean that that for for a young band in the, in the studio with a real producer for the first time, it wasn't really you know conducive to. Did it. he co-write Too Late for Love or did he just produce it? Uh, well, he co-wrote it. He uh, co-wrote I was it? downstairs. They were working on something upstairs. We were recording at Aldo's. He had a penthouse, uh, a studio, and the first we were, he, they were upstairs. I was downstairs. I was just playing around on the keyboard, working on some ideas. Yeah, came up with the chord change, kind of an idea for the chorus, and I brought it to Aldo, and he said, "Let's, uh, hey, let's work on that." And we dropped everything, and 20 minutes later, it was written. And you had a song. The entire song was Stephen, written. Stephen, let's hear that uh, Too Late for Love, written, uh, co-written by uh, Aldo Nova. 8084 in the house with uh, Travels with Charlie this afternoon. For love, eight oh eight four, produced by Aldo Nova. Uh, but I do want to actually the the recording there is produced by Hirsch Gardner, yeah. and um, uh, from Boston, the band New England. Yes, yeah. and I think we can't we'd be remiss in not mentioning how much effect he had on producing us. Also, he was an amazing. He was the opposite. He was really good with people. Yeah, he, he was to get the yeah, best out of. I was going to say we we actually. Uh, even for me as a producer now, I learned a lot working with Hirsch. He had the throw the stuff at the wall kind of approach to things. We'd be in the room with him as a band. Everybody had their instruments, and he'd say, "Hey, okay, no, let's let's cut this section in half. Okay, double up this part, 
and then go right into the other part. And so you learn this kind of modular approach to song arrangement and production that uh, we, we, you know, to this day, I, you know, I still use that approach. And, uh, and we learned a lot from working with her. And also Bob St. John was the engineer who did amazing things. He worked with Collective Soul. He worked with uh, – he was basically the house engineer for Extreme. In fact, that, that song was recorded at, at Extreme Studio. Down yeah, in, that's right. Down I remember Hanson. hearing uh, some of the Extreme stuff. Bob and Hirsch played us some of the Extreme stuff before they were signed. It was really interesting. And um, you could tell they were good. Yeah. I mean, they were good. I think people might um, be a little surprised to hear. In fact, I just found this out recently that Richie Havens oh, yeah. mentored you guys. Oh, now, yeah. now, you can tell the story. You know, yeah. <laughs> just, you know, one end of the spectrum, Richie Havens and, and, eight, and 8084. As Frank, we- are you going to reveal something here? we got a reveal coming. Well, well I, I, don't know, I don't know if it's a reveal, but, but yeah, Richie, um, a, a management company we were with at the time linked us up with Richie. They, they uh, brought him up to a show in uh, Albany, uh, New York, and he decided that uh, we were worth spending a little time on. And so we went down. We'd go to New York City fairly regularly during that time period. This was around 1983. It's like 83 because uh, – no, 84. 84. Yeah. And um, we'd go down to his office and we'd, we'd just have meetings and he came to see us. We, we had a gig in New York City and he came out there and he gave us advice. You know, he's a wonderful guy and Andre will tell you he had the best shoes in the, the world. The best shoes. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> as, as a Filipino, I, I can tell you, I know shoes. And he, he, well, he played a lot in Italy and he had these. Just all these beautiful handmade And he shoes. liked your kind of music. I mean, when he you was, think of Richie well, Havens, he was just such a warm character. Yeah. You know, he's just, he's either freedom, freedom yeah, from, yeah. Uh, from Woodstock, yeah. but he was just, just a cool cat. There, if you heard the story there, Frank talked about the, you know, um, how cool it was to meet him and the vibe and the music. And yeah. Andre's talking about that. And all I remember is two things is he had the longest fingers I have ever seen, the biggest hands I've ever seen in the world. They they were they were huge. If you ever watch him on the guitar, he never he can't even play chords like everyone else. He wow. has to use yeah. watch what, 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 just got open tuning, just kind of squeeze. Yeah. Second thing is he had some of the best pot I have ever <laughs> smoked in my life. And then we were uh, we, we got high. I'm, I'm getting high with Richie Havens. Then we walk around Times Square. A bunch of guys from Vermont were out and stoned after it was like, we got to find a Burger King. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry, always... I told the story. It's not like that anymore, but it was then. Well, man, we can play it. Can you top this? Uh, I got high with Richie Havens. Triple one eight seven seven two nine one eight two five five or 244-1777. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Badman will leave us, lead us off. Uh, we're going to be talking with Jeff Weld on the Casella Waste Sustainability Spotlight. And they're with us for the full hour. The last segment going to give you a chance to go see them at Higher Ground on November 12th. You can win a pair of tickets, but I don't know. Maybe we'll have them sing a song or something. What do you think, guys? Have have them sing <laughs> them, a song? Yes. I yes, thought you yes, were requiring oh, us to there. do this early. No, 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 no. 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 Oh, yeah. go, right? We want to hear them to sing. We'll be right back right here on WDEV. When I'm on the road, I don't have to look very far for a place to fill my gas tank or my belly. Jolly Convenience Stores, with over 40 locations to choose from, makes it easy. Fuel for your car, fresh-made sandwiches, soft drinks, hot coffee, pastries, friendly service, and even creamies. Jolly Convenience Stores supports your community by sponsoring events, veteran organizations, and more. That's why I support them, and you should too. Stop in today. Jolly Convenience Stores, home of the Daily Smile. 
VIP thing. <laughs> Welcome back. Travels with Charlie. 8084 in the... Oh, I'm stepping on the vocal. What happened there? Come on. You knew it this, huh? Oh, man. <laughs> Can we do that again? You need to talk it up here. Take two. Uh, take two. Uh, bad man. 8084 in the house. Randy, Andre, and Frank. Gary couldn't be here because we couldn't fit the drum kit in here. Well, no that's, way. That's, that's basically it. There's just not a lot of room in here. So. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly not. Uh, now... You you mentioned Bon Jovi wrote a song for you guys, and I'm guessing it was that one. Am I right? No, we never we never you uh, didn't you never recorded Rage of it. Angels. It was called Rage of Angels, and it was exactly it was it was '87. So what yeah. songs were the big hits? The Slippery When Wet came out. Yeah. So bad uh, shot through the heart. You heard it. Yeah, yeah. It sounded just like that, but it went. Da, 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 da. There's a rage of angels. It was just yeah. so corny. And the reason I know that, I found the tape, the cassette tape recently, and I listened. It was like, wow, I remember this. Wow. Like, Here's the cool part. The demo was sung by Deep Purple and Rainbow singer JoLynn Turner. JoLynn Turner. And, they spe- and, and Bon Jovi specifically wrote it for you guys. He said, this song's for you? Well. That's what we were told, but who told, knows? So, yeah. 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 Hey. Yeah. <laughs> I won't go to Sorry, I just thought of a I just thought of a Joe Lynn Turner story, but it's not relevant. So. <laughs> you guys recently signed a publishing deal with Expressive Artist in Beverly Hills. Uh, just talk a little a little bit about that, if you would, uh, the importance of it. Well, oh, well. <laughs> Sorry, Frank. I was trying to give. I was trying to be yeah, curious. Yeah. And I, I, pre- I appreciate that. But you know, you're the you're the expert on this one, Rando. You're the you're the the link. The the the, the missing uh, link. The missing link. <laughs> yes. Uh, yesterday, Gary at rehearsals was watching and, and uh, didn't come in on a drum part, and he looked and he said. Wow, I was just mesmerized by you. And I said, terrorized? I've never heard mesmerized. <laughs> anyway, that, that's a whole other story. But, um, uh, yeah, so, yeah, we were, Andre got a message through the Facebook, uh, our Facebook page and said, uh, hey, you want to check this out? You know, Rando, and I, that's kind of what I do in the band now. And yeah. A lot of things I do. That I have my people check these things out yeah. for so, me. So, um, <laughs> I, uh, Frank and I manage the business parts of things. But, so I, uh, I reached out to, um, this guy, and he turns out to be a real dude, and he we, we looked him up and saw him online and said, okay, this guy's real, and he, um, Stevie Nicks is a, one of his artisans in the, he has the catalog Oh, she's for good. Him. She's very yeah, quite she's popular known, with the she's kids. More yes, popular yeah. than us. <laughs> so she, so uh, he looked real. We reached out. He was a great guy. He knew a lot of the same people we knew from the business. Yeah. And said, I love your stuff. And I said, how'd you find us? He said, I was just doing a YouTube search. And I somehow there you were, and I listened. He's like, I, I, and so that's the deal. Uh, we signed uh, signed the publishing rights to them. So the first two albums, um, he's looking first three, or first two, first three, first three, yeah, two and a half satisfaction guarantees on there too. Um, he uh, is uh, you know going to be able to publish in you know either movies. Films or TV shows, and cool. a lot of the stuff you hear. So we can hear. Maybe we'll hear an eight eight oh eight four song and a. Yeah, they don't tell you, you know, who it is. Yeah, you know, we, we yeah. might be on the juice. It's box. always in the background, like yeah. you know, you know, uh, Blue Bloods, and well, there's one show that I don't watch, my Grey's Anatomy. I just I can't. I don't mean to offend anybody, but... I never want to go to that hospital. How do you watch that show and the music in the background? Have you ever watched it, Andre? You can admit it. I've never actually no. watched. I don't know. It. How do you describe that music that's in the background? 
I don't know. I've never watched it. Well, I'm asking. I'm asking Randy over here. Well, I, I don't watch Grey's Anatomy. Frank, just jump in anytime. Let me ask my wife. Well, yeah, most wives watch it, and uh, you know, I I can't sit there and watch it. Just can't. It, the music just I don't know puts you to sleep. It's. Uh, It'll it'll do that to you. Well, yeah, yeah, we've we've heard that about us. No, no way, no way. Six albums, multiple singles. But let me ask you guys, and, and you probably hear this, you know, of course, forty years in the business. How has the industry changed over the last forty years? You know, when you first started out, radio play was probably more important than it is today. Would you well, agree? Well, well certainly. I mean, with the with the advent of 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 the internet and everything, now in the old days, the record companies had a lot of power. Because in, if you were doing a tour, you had to have record company support. So if you're playing in Dubuque or Des Moines, you had to have your product in stores there. But now it's now that everybody can download whatever they want at any given time. The, you know the, the record companies have lost that, and we have what's called the 360 deal in the music business now, where the record companies, because album sales are no longer a big thing, they get a, a you know, it's just like a 360 deal. Everything that you sell, merchandise. Ticket sales, everything. The record company has a piece of that now. So in the old days, the business model was you do a tour to promote the album you just released so people would buy the album. Right. Now people release an album so you have an excuse to tour because that's where the revenue stream comes from. It's like right. signing, signing the publishing deal that we, yeah. or, we just did was because the, uh, the, there are so few avenues now to generate, you know, income from music. You know, streaming services don't pay anything. And if you can get if you can get product in a movie and a TV show, then you can get royalties on that. Yeah, and sponsorships are very uh, important now today as well. Uh, going back forty years ago, I don't I don't think bands were sponsored on tours, were they? Um, they they were, and we were fortunate enough to have some <clears throat> some music uh, companies sponsor us. Um, so, but it basically, it. it Provided, um, you know, some free or extremely seriously discounted equipment, but but often free, uh, and and that helped out. You know, that helped out as far as covering our uh, our needs for live performance. And then we had, of course, the Coors uh, beer sponsorship, and that helped out with money. And uh, did you get all the beer you wanted? Really did. Well, we really <laughs> did. We and we weren't beer drinkers, so it was the irony being that you know we'd we'd have this case cases of beer that in the back of the of the truck. Yeah, there's there's one there's one particular memory I have. We played in uh, at a place called Brodigan's in Montgomery, Alabama. It was one of our regular stops, and we showed up, and they had 42 cases of Coors beer. Just for us. <laughs> well, what's, what's funny is that we had to get rid of gear out of the truck. Yeah. Leave gear behind just to bring the beer with us. You know, what's important? Uh, uh, Travels with Charlie, 8084, uh, joining me this afternoon. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. we got the Casella Waste Sustainability Spotlight coming Speaking up. Speaking of Jeff, sponsors. Jeff Weld will be joining us here in just a moment. Uh, no what? beer, but uh, we'll, we'll take care of your trash if you'd like. And they got some exciting news on the purchase of the former college of St. Joseph and what that all means. And we'll tell you about that uh, straight ahead. And when we come back, we're going to give away a pair of tickets to the show on November 12th at Higher Ground featuring 8084. If you can sing uh, along with the song, we'll, we'll give you a pair of tickets or, I don't know, we'll, we'll see. Or but you can lip sync to a song. If you, if you can lip sync or... Or if you can dial a phone. <laughs> <laughs> or if you have a pulse. <laughs> Is this thing on? Uh, we will do that right after the break, right here on Travels with Charlie, WDEV. 
Whether you're traveling for a vacation, planning a business trip, or have a global company looking for a strong Vermont-based company to align with for business and meeting management, Milne Travel is a trusted local partner, and they've been one since 1975. Milne Travel is one of the top travel companies based in New England. Featuring educational tours, vacation travel, or corporate solutions, let their travel specialists search the lowest airfares exclusive to the travel industry for you guaranteed. We're all getting ready to travel again. Save time and money on your next trip. Go to www.millnetravel.com Welcome back. Travels with Charlie. We're going to continue our conversation with the members of 8084. You're listening to some 8084 music right there. But first, it's time for the Casella Waste Sustainability Spotlight. Jeff Weld, Director of Engagement, joining me on phone line this afternoon. Good afternoon, Jeff. Hey, Charlie. How are you? I'm doing great, man. You got some exciting news, uh, you know, and I, I heard about this uh, just a couple of couple of weeks ago about purchasing the former College of St. Joseph, and I'm thinking, man, what is Casella doing with that? But a great story here. You're going to be using it as a training and development facility. Tell us more, Jeff. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, really it's born out of this need to, you know, grow our people, um, keep them on a career path that's that's sustainable for them, and, and really reinvest in the state of Vermont. You know, I think everybody's well informed of the challenges that Vermont has had with, you know, keeping people here and, and um having some meaningful employment opportunities and, and we're committed to doing that in the state and, and to, to building right here in Rutland. And, you know, one of the things that we hear so often is that employers have jobs uh, available and then, uh, you know, people want to take the jobs, but they don't have any place to stay. So this will also address some of that with new and, uh, uh, you know, you know, for traveling employees. Yeah, I think the potential is there. You know, nothing set in stone, obviously, to to do some housing. We've got um, a, a great campus down there, uh, but that's obviously a need, right? I mean, we want to get people. We have over three thousand employees throughout our footprint. Yeah, and we want to get people uh, ingrained into the culture, uh, trained within uh, within uh, the confines of, of the campus, and. And what better way to do that than, than to try to maybe provide some housing for them as well? And that's a, a major challenge we're facing here in Vermont. And, and of course, it, it really cements your, um, you know, your commitment to the Rutland area. You know, many people are certainly glad that you're there and and happy that uh, that you've purchased the the college uh, because it's going to add to the uh, economic vitality of the of the city. Yeah, I mean, if you look at sort of what we've done from a training standpoint, we implemented the, our CDL school in uh, almost two years ago now. And we've trained up uh, over a hundred people in that. Um, they've all passed the CDL hundred um, percent. We've got brought people in Vermont, New York, New Hampshire, Maine, um, you know, really committed uh, to doing that and doing that in Vermont. You know, we know the landscape here. Um, John and Doug started this company 45 years ago. Um, roots in Vermont. We want to see Vermont succeed, um, and, and this is this is the best way we know how. You know, get people here, right. build them, put them on a career path, 
and and let them flourish because it's a great place to live and work. Well, in fact, Jeff, uh, I think it was during the summer when we talked about this uh, CDL program that uh, you've you've just started at at Casella, and you recently just graduated your 100th trainee. So they they go to this class, they go to this school, and they come out and they've got their CDL and they're ready to drive uh, for Casella. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely right, Charlie. You know, a real feather in the cap of. Uh, folks like uh, Bill Bapti and uh, Drew Bechet, who, who run that program. Um, you know, Drew had had experience with the Vermont DMV. Uh, Bill was in law enforcement, had a great career with us, and, and they both really, you know, have come together and built something really special here. Um, like I said, 100 people have gone through, 100% pass rate. You know, we've since added some specific endorsements. We've added a CDLA upgrade um, and we're looking to expand, right? With that CSJ uh, purchase, you know, we can start doing more leadership training and, and, and showcasing, you know, what a career looks like at Casella start to finish, right? You right. want to get out of the truck, you want to become a, a manager, you know, come through our, our frontline leadership program and understand what's going on there, too. So and it's my, really ab- just about that. My understanding is you're going to probably use the theater there as a training facility. Yeah, I mean, I think... You know, like I said, there's there's a lot of great ideas out there. And we're in that process of of understanding what that is, but yeah, that's a great facility. Um, it holds a, a couple hundred people, and and what better way to, to utilize it to train a bunch of people at the same time um, well, and, and get them on that path. Uh, Jeff Weld, director of engagement with Casella, Casella.com. If you'd like more information, Casella.com. The CDL program that's still ongoing. If you you're thinking about uh, you know, a career path that you'd like to follow. These guys are going to help you out. Go to Casella.com. Jeff, always a pleasure to talk with you. Casella Waste Sustainability Spotlight, and we'll talk with you next month. All right, Charlie. Really appreciate you having us. All right. Take care. And we'll be right back with 8084. We've got a pair of tickets to give away to the November 12th show at Higher Ground. That's straight ahead right here. Travels with Charlie, WDEV. The waste and resource management industry is a complex, integrated system that many people and communities take for granted. Trash, recycling, compost, we're all familiar with the terms, but maybe not the truths behind the waste industry. Want to learn more? Beyond the Bin is a podcast by Casella, which shines a light on what really happens to our waste and recycling. If you're interested in environmental sustainability and renewable resources, then check out this podcast. You'll learn about waste and recycling, meet members of the Casella team, and one episode even deals with beekeeping. Check it out online at www.casella.com forward slash beyond the bin. We are back. Travels with Charlie, 8084. I hit the post. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> what post is that? <laughs> Goal post. Bounce back. Oh, I hurt. Left. <laughs> Radio talk. There's like three people in the studio here that uh, that get it. Everybody else, what the heck is he talking about? Uh, we're going to give away a pair of tickets to the show, November 12th, Higher Ground with 8084. It's their 40th anniversary. Before we do that, and you can light up the lines, 244-1777 or 1-877-291-8255 if you want to go. And 
you just you got to earn it. You know, whether you sing, you tell a story, whatever it is, if Randy, Andre and Frank say, yeah, they're they're worthy of coming to the show, then uh, they'll they'll win the tickets. That's a lot of pressure. Well, you know, see, I never put it on me because it's like, well, they said no, it wasn't me. Yeah. You know, that narrative thing you're <laughs> controlling. <again. laughs> now, one of the things that you're doing that evening is called Rock and Roll High School, and you're inviting high school kids in before the show. Tell us about that. You've already chosen the the, the students that are coming in, correct? Well, they chose themselves, so let me put it that way. We we uh, decided to, um, you know, at, at this point, we going back to your original question about how things have changed. Um, when we were younger, they didn't have any kind of programs, or you couldn't. There wasn't YouTube. There wasn't, you know, these things, uh, mechanisms you could use to learn how to be in a rock band or how to be in a, or be a musician or professional musician, whatever you may have to do. And so we had to learn the hard way in the School of Hard Knocks. Well, now we're thinking if we can kind of pass some of those skills, because a lot of kids in high school are really good at what they do. They just have never had the experience of doing it in a, in a pro concert situation. Or so, with other humans in the real other world. Humans. There you go. So we reached out to the schools. Eric Bushy from BFA St. Albans, great guy, helped us out. Um, reached out to a bunch of different schools. We offered it up. Um, and out of that, we've, we just asked, do you have students that are interested in potentially coming to uh, hang around with the band and, and do a little something and be guest of ours that night of the show? We actually, for their tickets too. And we got a good response. We got about we we finalized it. The tickets are being purchased, and uh, I think there's about 30 people that we have. That's got to be a thrill for them. I mean, think about you guys go back to your high school years. Oh, yeah. If I you mean, had an opportunity to do something like that, did you know when you were in high school, Andre and Randy and Frank, that this is what this was your chosen path? You wanted to be in a rock band. Or you wanted to play music. Yeah, absolutely. When I was uh, 12 years old, I think I started, I picked up the bass guitar. I knew I wanted to play bass guitar. It was just, I had a, I had a cousin who was older than me, played in my my brother's band and um, and going to see him play and feeling that thump in my chest just uh, made me want to do that. So right right from there, and I had a best friend to share that kind of experience with who wanted to be a drummer. So it was all awesome stuff. Yeah. How about you, Randy? Uh, I don't know. I get my chest thumps when I sit next to Frank. So, uh, <laughs> but there it goes. Um, you were uh, a big you know, athlete but, in high but, school, but, weren't well, you? I was a I was a jock, but yeah. I, they, I, that was a dichotomy thing yeah. happening, you know, because I was a jock and I was trying to be a musician at the same time. But um, I wasn't really, you know, I didn't really put the effort in, or I didn't have the natural talent that Frank had um, or Andre. Um, so I'd work at it. But when I was twelve, it was. Uh, it was pretty much in my head that this is what I wanted to do. And Tom Jones, I remember, you know, I thought he was the coolest dude, man. And so that's how that's. He still Andre. is. Yeah, Tom. He is cool. great voice. Right? You ever heard oh, of him? I know, absolutely. Voice. Andre, what about you? When did you get the bug? I was, I was a pre-med major, so I mean, I just I, plan, I spent my entire life planning on being a surgeon. <laughs> so, yeah, you're not, you're it was kidding me. No, I'm not kidding you. No, I was actually, I was, really? I was, you know, I went to college. I was a pre-med major and, uh, and I, I got, I ran out of money and had to quit school. So this is, this is my plan B. So everybody says, well, you're a musician. It's kind of a shaky career. Do you have a plan B? And I would always say, yeah, you're looking at it. Wow. This is literally my plan B. All right, let's give away a pair of tickets to the show, November 12th. There's only a few tickets left. If you still want to get them, where do they go? Higher Ground website? Yes. Go to the Higher Ground uh, website? Higher Ground, highgroundmusic.com. Um, 
You'll see us there. You can uh, go to our Facebook page. You can go to our website, 8084rocks.com, R-O-C-K-S. All right. Um, and then you can get tickets. But I'd get them, like, now because it's um, it's down to under 50, and that's a big place. So. Let's go to Steve in Westville. Steve, you're on yeah. Travels with Charlie with 8084, Randy, Andre, and Frank. Good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, guys. How are you? We're doing great. Good, Steve. Great. Now, now, you want those tickets, Steve? you got to earn them. i got to earn them. Okay. Yeah, so, uh, you know, just impress the guys here. A, a story, a rock and roll story, a, sing a tune, whatever you want to do, Steve. But it's got to be good. If we get the nod, you get the tickets. Well, um, well, I, I remember you guys back, oh, uh, gosh, uh, back in Barry. Oh, gosh. At, oh, boy. At Gusto's back in the 80s, um, oh, God, this, this dates me a little bit back. Um, now, also at um, in Montpelier, now, I haven't been out to bars in, in quite some time, but at Charlie O's, you played at Charlie O's quite a bit, didn't you? Uh, Brown Derby, I think, when we played in Montpelier. Oh, I, I don't think they okay. could fit in Charlie O's. Brown who? Brown, wasn't it the Brown Derby? Wasn't that the place <laughs> up on the hill there? The pyrotechnics would have set the place yeah. on. Yeah. But, yeah, you're, you're right. You're in the right. Gusto's. Gusto's, you're, yeah. You're in the right town, right vicinity, so that's good. Yeah, Gusto's, but Brown Derby. Brown Derby, I remember very well. Okay, yeah. And also, um, now, there was another There was another club that's long gone now in Barrie. Um, the Spruce I, Goose. I, Bullwinkles. 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 <laughs> Which was a spruce goose. Spruce goose? <laughs> All right, well, Steve, okay. Steve, you know Steve, we're going to have you hang on here because we got to, the lines are lit up here. We're going to give everyone a chance. Hold and on, Steve. If, if uh, you know, we got to. Don't go anywhere, Steve. Don't go anywhere. Oh, okay. Marilyn, you're next. Let's talk with Marilyn and see what Marilyn has to say to win a pair of tickets. November 12th, higher ground. Good afternoon. Travels with Charlie, 8084. Marilyn, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you? <laughs> Wonderful, wonderful. Now, do you have? Can you tell us a little rock and roll story, or maybe uh, an event that you went to when these guys were playing? Or? Well, I can tell a story. I'm 85 years old, and I've got two daughters who listened to 8084 while they were growing up, and they went to all the concerts. And I still have a poster in my basement. Every time I go down to do laundry or something, I see them when they were little boys. Whoa! <laughs> Marilyn, I think these guys would love to see you in the front row. <laughs> Marilyn, you're making my heart beat here. And, and, and Marilyn, if you, if you went to the show, I have to ask you, would you be tossing something up onto the stage maybe? Well, you know, I'm afraid with two daughters who love them, I won't get to go. To my daughters, because they, if they find out I'm going to see them, they will sabotage me. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to know your kids. <laughs> good to know we, we, we inspire that kind of loyalty. <laughs> oh, man, that's a great story. Marilyn, you hang on. We're going to take another call here. Everyone's vying for a pair of tickets to the show. Now, Marilyn won't be going. And I, and I know that the, the guys would love to see you in the front row, Marilyn. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, tossing something right up on that stage. Hang on. We're going to Steve from, uh, no, we already got, uh, we're going to Wade in Corinth. Wade, good afternoon. Hey, good. I don't have a lot um, of your guys' stuff. I do collect a lot of records. And one I got that kind of ties back to some of your roots, I'm sure, is um, from the Warehouse 79 live concert of the End Zones. Oh, the End Zones. And did you guys ever play up with the End Zones? or? No, I don't think we ever did any. That was just before our our advent oh, yeah. into the scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. live album for- at the warehouse, and um, it was recorded live. The lights literally went out. They came back on and played boom, boom, <laughs> out go the lights. And another great <laughs> one was, was so Bald People will do anything. great one they did, too. <laughs> now, uh, Sue, do you think that they, they made the lights go out themselves and had the song ready to go just to look cool? Maybe. <laughs> Showman, showmanship. They were, they were quite, a, quite a batch of showmen. I, and I'm young enough that I had to research them after I found this album. Only other, I only ever found one other copy of that album right in the record store in Burlington, and other than that, it's probably a, it's probably a priceless artifact. Mm. It probably is. You know, we have a lot of vinyl, and most of it's in my basement. But yeah, I do. <laughs> most of it's on the side of my house. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be looking. For, I'll look, be looking for some of your stuff in the, in the collection. Thank you, Wade. Cool guy. Thank Great. You, Wade. All right, Wade. Th- thanks for your call. All right, now. Well, I'll, I'll let you guys decide. Is it going to be Steve? Is it going to be Marilyn's daughters? Or is it going to be Wade that get to go to the show? Marilyn, tell us a little bit about your daughters. <laughs> <laughs> Marilyn, are you there? I can't say their names. I better not. Say well, don't their say their names. names. Well, you know, I, here's the thing. Describe what well, we should do. This maybe have a third ticket. I think that would be good. Um, Yes, I think that's a good... Well, Frank, what do you I, think? I agree. Would you be able to show up if we gave you a th- uh, added a third ticket to the to the prize? Now, what day is the um, concert? <laughs> She's going to check her schedule. She's well, very it's busy. It's November 12th, and we know you probably have a pretty bu- busy you know, no, socials calendar. No, I won't be here because this is the problem. I go to North Carolina. Well, that is a problem. That is a problem because I used to live there. <laughs> Men- mention Randy's name when you get there. See what happens. <laughs> okay. Oh, dear. Okay. I'm sorry. I would like to go. because We would I'm love to have you. Yeah, I've heard a lot of music, but I'm afraid the roads will be icy and I may have left. No, already. no. November 12th? No, no. No, so, we, we schedule clear roads for that for that evening. Who are we going to give them to, the guys? I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, we'll give, I think that the three of these guys, all all of them should get tickets. Steve, Wade, and Marilyn? We'll send Steve one ticket, Wade a ticket, and Marilyn two tickets, and we'll be done with it. How's that sound? There. We can do that. Does that sound good? Marilyn, we're going we're gonna to send you. We're going to send you two tickets, Marilyn, Marilyn, for your daughters. Well, yeah. Wade Stay on the Steve. line and give oh. your details. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I will. Oh, thank you, thank you. All right, so it'll be at Will Call, November twelfth, at Higher Ground. You just bring your ID. You know, eight Marylands show up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're Marilyn's daughters. I, you got to give me Hi, I'm information, right? I mean, Wade. I mean, Wade could be. You know. You, I need some uh, info here. So. We'll get uh, yeah, Stephen. Yeah, Stephen will get all the info. Uh, thanks for calling this afternoon. Uh, once again, eight oh eight four in the house with uh, on travels with Charlie. This has been a blast. Now people want to know oh, about. It's almost over. I know, and we haven't <laughs> revealed about the two of you. I, I've only heard one story about you getting arrested. I didn't realize it happened twice, Andre. We like to share the wealth here. Yeah. Well, well, people want to know. Inquiring minds want to know. They were arrested in Montreal 
Montreal by the Royal Mounted Police. Apparently, they didn't like the the joke about. They don't. Yeah. They, they don't like jokes about horses. No, no. And Dudley Do Right. Dudley really Do Right. Like the the Dudley Do Right thing kind of set them off. Well. Yeah, I'll let Andre tell the, the beginning. Which, of the which one? You tell the first one. I'll, I'll tell the second one, the second arrest. How's that? Have, have I, have I told? Well, the first one, I think that was the, uh, the, uh, the one where I drove. That was smuggling. That, that was, was the smuggling. briefcase. That was, yeah, that right? was the smuggling one. Yeah. Did I ever tell that story on this? Not on this station, but uh, I've heard it on other stations. Uh, I go around the dial. Okay. You know, I've heard the story. Uh, he had, you uh, had some contraband in the trunk. Well, here's the thing. We were, when we were back in the day, we were working with Aldo Nova. Aldo, uh, his, his wife got remarried in, from, in New York City to a, uh, one of the New York Islander players. And she said, Aldo, you can have your Volvo back. I've got a new Mercedes. Uh-huh. So, so Aldo went, went to pick up the car. He got to the border, and they wouldn't let him cross. He said, well, see, it's registered in the United States, and you're a Canadian citizen, so you can't bring the car across. So he goes, hey, Andre, you, you, got, a, you got a license? I go, yeah, that's how I, that's how I drive. And we, we all have them. <laughs> so we're we're going home for the weekend. Gary Gary, our drummer, drops me off in the Rouse's Point Champlain parking lot here, and uh, there's Aldo's car, and it's oh, I found it, and he's gave me these new license plates to put on it. So I'm putting new license plates on it. It's about eleven o'clock at night. Yep. Cop pulls in, he goes, "Hey, what are you doing?" <laughs> and being a cocky young man that I was at the time, not that way anymore, I said, "What does it look like? I'm putting license plates on his car." He goes, "You're so taken aback." He just went, "You oh, okay?" And he left. And I thought that was a sign. Okay, maybe I should just take it easy from here on in. So yeah. instead of going across the 87 border crossing, I went through the little one in Rouse's Point. Little, little shack there. And guy comes out. Hey, how you doing? What you doing? You know, very, very Canadian, very polite. And I said, oh, I'm just going to see my friend in Montreal. And he goes, okay. Uh, do you mind popping the trunk? Uh oh. <laughs> I said, no, sure. Pop the trunk. He goes, comes and goes, hey, uh, do you mind opening the suitcase? I went, what suitcase? Suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so, and it's, and I go to open, it's got a combination lock on it, and I had to call Aldo's wife. It's, it's a, by this point, it's almost midnight. And you have no idea what's in I have in no there. idea what's yeah. in the suitcase, yeah. and I'm thinking, oh, you're don't, thinking, you're, don't, you're don't, carrying some contraband. Don't be across. full of blow. Don't yeah. be full of blow. And it's got the Cindy Lauper True Colors tour tag still on the suitcase from Aldo. And I, I got the combination, which is to this day, two, three, eight. Oh, it wasn't eight, oh, eight, four. No, it's two, three, eight. I opened the suitcase. I kind of, I looked away as I opened it, and the only thing that was in it was a necktie. Mm. <laughs> you can imagine Aldo even owning a necktie, but there was a necktie in there, and we drove up. Well, we don't have time for the second story. Well, You'll said. have to tune in to another episode of Travels with Charlie. On the 50th anniversary. <laughs> on the 50th anniversary. I have to ask you guys, anybody else joining you on stage? Any any new players? Uh, Where well, are you getting mine there, Charlie? Um, so, we'll, coming up to drum with us? No. Um, I'm no, saving that for old, the 50th. This is old school. Yeah, yeah we, is, want to, we want to do it just with the original no, members. No keyboard? No, we, well, you know, here's the thing. I'm glad you asked. Yeah. We actually, we right at the advent of sequencing came in. We still have some of Chuck's old sequences on his old keyboard. That is cool. We were able to integrate, and from some of the live recordings and some of the previous recordings Wonderful. we did, we integrated Charlie's part. So Charlie will be there with us on stage. That is awesome. Well, you get on out there, get your tickets. Uh, they are going fast. There aren't very many left. Higher Ground website, you can get tickets. Higher Ground, November 12th. In South Burlington, 8084. Thank you so much for being here, guys. Randy, quick. Yes, thank you. I appreciate it. Charlie's going to be one of the VIPs at the uh, meet and greet before the show. So um, I'm just, we're, we're so excited to share time with you again. Uh, Hopefully it's in a bigger room than we are in right now. <laughs> yeah. so. 
<laughs> nice seeing you guys. Thank great you, for, you, the, Thank for you. the Thanks so much, Joe. years of friendship. Uh, great to see you here today. Uh, we'll be back with you on November 7th. Uh, open phone line. The doctors will be in the house here on Travels with Charlie, sponsored by Casella Waste Systems, Jolly Convenience Stores, and Milne Travel American Express. Theme song written and performed by Billy Bratcher. My executive producer is Brad Furlan. Stephen behind the glass today, pushing all the buttons. I'm Charlie Papillo, and I'll see you in my travel.